0: What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 322 of the Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. This is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I, your host, Tony Mango, will be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and anything else that I think we should talk about that what happened over the past couple of days in the world of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Man, this has been a busy, busy, busy week. I am writing articles left and right, going crazy, doing a whole bunch of different things, doing pay-per-view coverage, taking care of this and taking care of that, preparing stuff for the end of the month, preparing stuff for the beginning of the month, going crazy with all this work to do. And it's continuing on the rest of the week, but we still have the hot tags to get through from last week even, which is kind of crazy. There are weeks where the hot tags are almost nothing, and it ends up being like the biggest story is somebody adopts a dog or something like that. And then you get something like this week where carried over from the last hot tags, we're not even going to talk about NXT TakeOver or the Royal Rumble. Or for the most part, much of what happened with Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. And we still have so many things to talk about here. Uh, Maybe like 10 stories or something, and some of them are huge stories, some of them are a little bit uh, smaller than some of the other ones and stuff, but we're going to go back in time first, talk about the older ones, and work our way up towards the newer ones. That's how I'm going to balance this out. And before we get started, I want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, drop your comments in the comments, well, that's what the section is, below and tell me what you think about all these. So when we're going through the topics, just, you know, toss out your opinions Number two, I've been mentioning this for the past couple of weeks. The Fanboys Anonymous channel is in danger of losing its monetization due to the new YouTube uh, policies for monetization. Uh, You guys have been playing these playlists that I've been mentioning, and it actually is helping out quite a bit. Uh, Last time I just checked the analytics earlier today, it was saying that I was over the threshold. I don't know if that's going to continue until the February 20th mark where they change things over or how they do that because it's kind of vague. So with the thing that I'm going to be asking you guys to do, uh, keep these playlists running every once in a while. If you were helping me out with that and with, uh, you know, anything that comes along with those kind of things, just maybe every other day or so run a couple videos, do something like that. It would help out so, so much. Once we hit that February 20th mark, Then we're going to know for sure whether or not the channel is safe or not, and then we can kind of go uh, accordingly for the future. But thank you so, so much for the people that have been doing that. Clearly it's helping because I had reached that uh, threshold right now, and if we continue doing that, then that'll be great. Same thing when it comes to uh, showing your support for the Patreon. Uh, If you guys have anything that you want me to add for the Patreon for Fanboys Anonymous or for Moment, let me know, and I will try to work on that. And the other things I will tell you later on uh, towards the end of this. So stay tuned towards the very end for some more information about what's coming up next on the channel with the mailbag and so on and so forth like that. So, all right, now we need to start talking about the actual hot tags. And as I mentioned before, some of these are carryovers from last week. Carries over? Carryovers? Yeah, carryovers. That's how it works. Uh, so let's go with the oldest story here, it's kind of a lower uh, scale one, WWE has filed a trademark for the Irresistible Force, I usually like to talk about trademarks on here, because we never quite know exactly what they're going to be doing with those trademarks, and sometimes it can give us a little bit of a heads up for like, I mean, well, Mixed Match Challenge was one, it ended up being a TV show, The Revival, that could have been a special, ended up being a tag team, So it's kind of strange. No Way Jose, remember when that one came out, it was like, why are they trademarking this? And it'll be an NXT superstar. The Irresistible Force, I was assuming at least a couple days ago that this was going to be something dealing with Hulk Hogan because the Irresistible Force meets the Immovable Object. That's been a phrase that they've been using for Andre the Giant versus uh, Hulk Hogan. I thought maybe they were going to do some kind of special for WrestleMania and it would be dealing with Hogan's return. Well, now they have mentioned this term in relation to Nia Jax. So it seems like what they're trying to get is Nia Jax having this nickname of the irresistible force. I think that maybe that's a little bit gimmicky where it's like um, irresistible as far as like sexual attraction, plus the idea of that she's big and powerful and everything, and that kind of... It's fun to me. I think that I I like that quite a bit. Or it could have just been a slip up where maybe Stephanie McMahon used the term irresistible force and it's not actually with Nia Jax, but I highly doubt that's the case. I mean, this is a company that loves to promote you use this verbiage exactly and nothing else. You know, you use the word structure instead of cage and different things like that. So I think more than likely this is a Nia Jax term, which proves my point even more when I keep saying I think that Nia Jax is going to be in that raw... Women's Championship title match at WrestleMania. Either she's going in as the champion, or she's challenging Alexa Bliss. It's one or the other. And uh, Asuka could be in the mix too. Uh, I still don't know for sure. I mean, I've been mentioning over and over again that I'm pretty sure that I would go with Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair and go with Asuka, Nia Jax, and Alexa in a triple threat but I'm starting to think a little bit less about that. I'm starting to think that we're going to get Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, and then that there's a chance that Asuka and Charlotte fight each other, and Nia Jax fights uh, Alexa Bliss. Uh, I don't really like that idea. I I don't think that that's the best way to go, but they might. And if they do do that, then Nia Jax needs an even more significant push Because she would be commandeering a whole title match on her own against Alexa Bliss. If that's the case, the Irresistible Force might be the little tagline that they've got going on. It's the goddess versus the Irresistible Force. Pay attention to that little tagline. That might end up coming into play as soon as the Elimination Chamber kicks up. Uh, That's another thing. Uh, This isn't going to be a hot tag necessarily. But they did announce the Elimination Chamber is going to be two Elimination Chambers, one of them for the men's for the number one contender spot for Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship, and the other one is going to be the first ever women's air Elimination Chamber. That one is going to be Alexa Alexa Bliss defending the championship. And you will hear my opinions about the Elimination Chamber over the next few weeks, uh, mostly on the Elimination Chamber predictions, but if you are desperate to know, uh, Go to smartcatmoment.com and click on the predictions page and you will see what my most recent updates are as far as that's concerned. Second most recent, or oldest, I guess you should say, that's the actual uh, way that time works, story that we have here is that the charges are dropped against Rich Swan. This is certainly not a bad thing whatsoever. This is only a good thing for him for two different reasons. Number one, anytime you're in some kind of legal problems and you don't end up having those legal problems anymore, that's all the better, right? Number two, since his charges have been dropped, there is a chance that WWE brings him back. They did that when it comes to, when it came to Jerry Lawler and they had said before, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon already pointed out that if he were to be convicted of anything, that they would release him immediately. Well, now it's, not the case now he's not convicted of that so if he was not guilty in at least the legal term uh, for this whole situation there really isn't too much of a reason for wwe to release him right you would think so that doesn't necessarily mean it's a guarantee enzo amore had his whole thing going on and that put a bad light onto wwe And Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso was had a DUI that doesn't seem to have affected anything. So you kind of can look at it from both perspectives. Either number one, they don't look at this as being all that much anymore and they bring him back and everything's a okay. Or number two, they're so hesitant to trust that that won't be a problem in the future and make them look bad for continuing to keep him on the roster that they release him anyway. I personally think if he went through whatever it was to get proven that he wasn't in this kind of situation, he needs to be applicable to the same rules that David Otunga was. David Otunga had a situation where he was being charged for domestic violence just the same, and they didn't suspend him. They just kept him off television, and once that charge went away, he's back on television again. If David Otunga can get a pass, Rich Swan can get a pass. Of course, naturally, if either of them are actually guilty of it, then that's really shitty that they get a pass in any regard, whether it's legal or not, but I wasn't there, so I don't know what the situation is with that. At the very least, fair is fair. If you kept David Otunga on board, you should keep Rich Swan. That's my point of view. It's crazy to think that this is a topic that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet, but the XFL is officially going to be returning in 2020. We got About two years, essentially, but less than that, technically, for Vince McMahon to start picking up the ball, uh, so to speak, and get everything working. And in the press conference that they had done with Alpha Entertainment, that is his new company that he is actually, you know, having control of this whole long thing, he specified a couple of different things. Number one being that he's not really going to be 100% hands on when it comes to this. Neither is he going to lose his stake in WWE, that he's going to be doing things between the two of them, and that it's not going to affect each other, at least according to what he thinks is the case, but that there will also be no crossover. He was very adamant that that is not going to be the case, not even when it comes to announcers or anything else like that. This is where I think that this is a little bit strange. Uh, A story that I'm going to talk about now just because even though I'm going to be skipping forward a little bit, it's something that ties into this. Jonathan Coachman just rejoined the Monday Night Raw commentary team. I'm a little bit suspicious of the fact that Coachman left ESPN and he went over to WWE again right when the XFL thing happens. I think, personally, Coachman is getting back into the commentary game because when 2020 comes along and the XFL is looking for commentators, Jonathan Coachman is going to be one of those commentators. He's going to leave WWE, and in the meantime, they're going to bring in some other people. This is another story that we need to talk about a little bit later, and that's Jeremy Borash. I will get to that in a minute, though. XFL, coming back, I'm not a football fan, overall. I don't watch football more than just a tiny little bit here and there. It's just like a social thing, like... I might check out the Super Bowl this weekend. I might not. It kind of depends on who is having a Super Bowl party and whether or not I want to go. If uh somebody is a little bit too further away and I've got too much stuff to work on, then I'm not going to want to do it. If I'm invited to somebody's house and I'm going to have fun, you know, I'm going to eat some pizza, eat some chips and just sit around and whatever, then if I've got the time, I will go. And for the record, I am rooting for the Eagles. I am right around the Philadelphia area, so of course I'm going to root for the Eagles because that's apparently what you do when you are in an area and you have to support the home team, kind of a thing. Uh, I really don't have too much of a stake in it, but I know a lot of people that are really going to be happy if the Eagles win, so for their sake, I kind of want the Eagles to win. Uh, but the XFL is something that I'm actually going to check out, at least for a little bit, and it's because it's a little bit different. It's something that will interest me just enough to be able to kind of pay attention to a couple games at the very least and it's got a little bit of crossover with WWE of course so no matter what there's going to be people asking me all my opinion about stuff and I want to be enough informed to be able to tell you guys you know these teams look like they're okay I like this uh team name better than that one and some different things like that not the type of thing that I'm expecting to be super into nor do I expect that we're going to end up making some separate smart out moment page dedicated to the XFL or something like that. But if it's something that catches on and whatever, you know, then maybe that's the case. Maybe I will. I don't know. Uh, but I like the idea that the XFL is returning. I'm very confused about how the United Football League and the UFL and the URFL were trademarked, but nothing seems to have come about with that. Does that mean that that's going to be their sort of developmental territory, so to speak, their minor leagues? Or were they trying to get that and they couldn't do it and they went back to the XFL? That's kind of curious. We haven't heard much of anything as far as the UFL thing is concerned. So if you know any information about that, drop it in the comments below and tell me what you think. But as far as the XFL returning goes... If it didn't work before, there's a chance it doesn't happen this time around either. I think they've learned enough of their lessons and that this is a different environment, and now they actually will succeed. The best thing that they can do is one of the things that I think that they probably will do, which is not try to compete with the NFL. They can't. There just is absolutely no way whatsoever. I mean, that is as gross of a hubris situation as when impact thought that they could go up against monday night raw it's just not going to be the uh, the case so if the xfl comes in after the super bowl and they end up fulfilling that void where people are looking for you know some kind of football and they don't have it with them then that is the perfect way to do that they keep mentioning that they are going to be doing a bunch of changes to the rules it's Things that they're going to be paying attention to what a lot of the fans want. That was a very, you know, harped on kind of thing. And also that it's going to be quicker and it's going to be simpler, easier to understand. They're not going to be having three-hour-long games is what he had said, which kind of made me go, yeah, but you have a three-hour-long Monday Night Raw. Okay. And I don't know if that's going to work or if people are going to think that that makes it seem like football light or something. But it's kind of interesting that they talked about that. And they also talked about how if you've gotten like a DUI or something that you're not going to be allowed to compete in the XFL, I highly doubt that that's going to be enforced all that much. And he even kind of alluded to the idea that they're going to be forced to stand for the national anthem. I personally think that that's bullshit if that's the case. I can understand some people being really upset about it. In my mind, just because it's a sporting event and there's this tradition of playing the national anthem doesn't mean that you should necessarily... Be forced to participate in that. Uh, What's, you know, the next thing that's going to happen? Is it going to be like, if you're in the crowd and you don't take your hat off during the national anthem, they're going to kick you out of the arena? I think that that's kind of ridiculous to try to impose that. And if you're a player, I think that you should still have the basic rights as far as being a citizen goes, where you don't have to necessarily do what they think is their political point of view. We talked about that before, though. Uh, that's something that we will see what they'd end up doing in the future, but we've got two years to speculate and we probably will not be talking about this all that much over the next two years, at least until it starts ramping up. But for now the XFL returning, I think is a good thing and I'm kind of curious to see where it ends up going and I'll be checking it out too. Hulk Hogan has said that he wanted to join the bullet club and that he actually negotiated to be a part of it, which I think is kind of funny because it's basically like the NWO now where The Bullet Club brings in new members, they replace old members with new ones, and they kind of turn on each other and different things like that. Uh, It seems like that's what's happening right now with Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, setting up something between those two. And Hulk Hogan, uh, I guess, just wanted to be a part of the best thing that's happening in wrestling right now outside of uh, WWE, or even necessarily including WWE. They have not actually done anything with him yet, but if he doesn't come back into the fold maybe they end up doing something in the future. I don't know. Maybe that whole all-in event is where we end up seeing Hulk Hogan. I still think there's a chance we might see CM Punk there. Uh, Okay, now we're all the way back to at least just Monday night. And the rest of the stories are all coming from Monday night onward. And this is Tuesday night when I'm recording this. So that just goes to show you how quick we could get some different stories. My thoughts on the most recent WWE Network special, which is WWE 24 WrestleMania Orlando. Number one, I still hate the idea that it's WWE 24, but at least when it comes to the WrestleMania specials, that makes sense because it's covering about 24 hours of a time span. Uh, that is not a word. Time span. Uh, this is pretty much my favorite special every year for the most part. I love when they do this, and it just has this cool feel to it. I don't know. It's behind the scenes stuff is my favorite thing that they do on the network. And it's not in like the whole, we're going to list something and have somebody do an interview. I like this kind of backstage, you know, John Cena getting lost walking around. And I loved the insight into the undertaker because we very, very rarely ever see that. So they humanized him a little bit there in a good way. Uh, I love when you see the excitement that these people have, like Alexa bliss is super excited that her face is on a chair And Naomi is in tears because she's in her hometown and she's winning the title after having her injury and everything. And it's really just super nice to see. It's very humbling for a lot of different people. And it's just kind of a a nice change of pace, I guess. So I won't tell you about what everything happened in there. I will just say, as far as my see it or skip it goes, definitely, definitely see this one. It is one of my favorite things that they've put out in recent times. Uh, the Kevin Owens special, the 365 is another one of those. And there's a very good chance that nothing beats this as far as my favorite special of the year. So watch it whenever you get a chance to. It's I think it's like an hour and you're not going to regret it. It's really, really good. I mentioned this before, but it's time to kind of talk about it on its own. Jonathan Coachman has joined the Monday Night Raw commentary team. He has replaced Booker T., who is now going to be back on the pre-show panel, which I think is at least a little bit hopeful that maybe that means that we don't need David Otunga anymore because David Otunga really doesn't contribute all that much, and Booker T is better with that. Uh, Coachman was never my favorite commentator, so I'm not going to act like this is the second coming of Bobby Heenan or something like that, but I do like Coachman, and I welcome him to the commentary team. I think that there could be some... Little bumps in the road. I mean, this Monday Night Raw, he ended up struggling a little bit here and there, but he can get back into the swing of things pretty soon, I'm thinking. And when he does, I'd like to see the dynamic uh, change a little bit here and there. When it comes to the commentary teams right now in WWE, I think that we need to add a couple more people and we need to kind of change up a little bit of how things are working. Corey Graves and Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton, I think, work better than any other team right now. And Michael Cole is not going to move anywhere on Monday Night Raw. He shouldn't. Uh, But maybe we don't need Corey Graves on Monday Night Raw anymore. I don't know. Uh, Maybe we can get somebody else to fulfill that spot and kind of see who we need as far as Coachman versus JBL versus somebody else. I don't know. Uh, As it stands right now, Coachman seems like he's sort of in the mix between color commentating and doing play-by-play. Play-by-play is a a Cole kind of thing. Color commentating is more of a Corey Graves thing, and Coachman needs to sort of figure out exactly where he gets into the mix there. Uh, He does not work as the guy that they're necessarily picking on as far as Monday Night Raw goes, so I don't like that dynamic, and I want them to change that up, but I don't know what they are going to do instead. Uh, I like the idea of Coachman joining, though. And I'm very curious to see what happens in the future as far as that's concerned, as well as this other thing here, which is that Jeremy Borash has left Impact Wrestling and he is joining WWE. He's already been signed, apparently. And the rumor going around is that he's going to work in some capacity for the NXT brand. Here is the positives and negatives as far as I'm concerned with Borash. Borash is a guy that I think has value to him in ways that I'm unaware and I will not in any circumstances be like, Oh, I know exactly what they should do. And this is whatever. And this is what uh mistakes that they can make and blah, 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 blah. I'm not the most familiar with Borasha. It's an impact wrestling kind of guy. He's had his tenure there and, uh, he could be somebody for the commentating team. If he is on the NXT brand, I don't think that he and Mario Ronaldo are going to work well together. So they need to change things around a little bit. Maybe Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson being off the team could change things around or something like that. But a lot of story speculation has been that he's actually going to be working behind the scenes in a different capacity. Maybe he will be working with Matt Hardy to do something with the broken Matt Hardy thing or the woken Matt Hardy thing, whatever they're going to stick to in the future. Maybe he's just going to be a production guy. I'm very curious to see if Jeremy Borash is going to be groomed to be the next Kevin Dunn. I think that that's a possibility. And if he works with Triple H in NXT and he does a good enough job and he does that kind of a role, I think that that might be the case. Uh, He has done announcing work here and there, and he could do that in WWE. Maybe this whole thing with Coachman and so on and so forth could be all tied in together. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But the one thing we can all guarantee... This is not good for Impact. They have been losing people left and right. We've got EC3. We got most likely Bobby Lashley. Jeremy Borash now is gone. Rockstar Spud is gone. You know, this this isn't looking good for Impact, man. When you lose people who are fundamentally in charge of the actual production side of things, that can change some major, major things going forward. And maybe that's actually good for TNA or Impact, or Global Force, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves now, maybe that's actually good for them. Maybe a clean slate type of wipe isn't something that they can do in one shot, but if you slowly but surely replace all the elements, then eventually you don't have the same company anymore, and it's kind of like cells in your body. You know, if you replace all the cells in your body little bit by little bit, and you don't notice each and every little one that changes, eventually you're not the same person anymore, technically speaking. You know, you've kind of teleported, so to speak. Um, but with Borash leaving, I don't know if that's going to be a situation where they're going to be able to replace him necessarily all that soon. And if they do, who are they going to replace him with? Are they going to put the commentary team people just sort of on blast and see who can work what, or do they have a game plan? I don't know. Uh, not a good thing, though. Uh, a good thing for WWE fans of working out, and I will be paying attention to that, at least as far as the the current crop goes. The Dudley Boys have been confirmed for the 2018 Hall of Fame as far as Monday night goes, and this is 100% welcome in my book. The Dudley Boys are a guaranteed Hall of Fame team years and years and years ago, one of the most decorated tag teams in the history of sports entertainment, not just in WWE, but elsewhere. They are legendary. They they fight out to serve it. I mean, there's nothing you can say other than that. I am curious who is going to induct them. Paul Heyman is a possibility. Maybe Tommy Dreamer. Maybe they just go with Spike. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very curious about that, though. And right now, our crew for the Hall of Fame is Goldberg and the Dudley Boys. And there, there are rumors going around that Paul Heyman is going to induct Goldberg. If that's the case, Paul Heyman's not inducting the Dudley Boys, and that makes no sense to me. Why would Paul Heyman induct Goldberg if he could do the Dudley Boys? Why wouldn't Eric Bischoff be with Goldberg? Or I don't know. I mean, there's a couple different options out there. Hulk Hogan, possibly, if you want to bring him in. I would think more so uh, Eric Bischoff would be the best choice but these are rumors and rumors could be false. And there is a rumor that Mark Henry might go into the hall of fame this year. There's a rumor that Bam Bam Bigelow might, and you never know exactly what's going to happen, but Dudley boys, they are confirmed. And I think that that's well, well deserved. So let's talk to about SmackDown a little bit here. They said something on SmackDown tonight that didn't really get that much attention. And I'm very curious. I keep using that word about how they're going to implement this, but it's called the SmackDown Top Ten List. This is supposedly going to be a ranking system where people vote on, I think it was locker room etiquette, popularity maybe, and like the win-loss record or so. Uh, It was three qualifying factors. I know locker room leadership was one of them. And the point of this, I think, is just to try to do something to separate SmackDown and Raw. But I can't help but think, TNA tried this and it didn't work. What makes them think that they're going to do something different, you know? It's worth a shot. And WWE has proven in the past that they can sometimes do things that look stupid in TNA and pull it off. So, maybe it works. But I don't know if an actual ranking system on a regular basis is anything that you can sustain. I mean, this is a company that every so often they have people feud with other people just because they bumped into each other backstage. Are you going to start a feud because somebody is number four and number five and have to be forced to move them around differently? I don't know if they really want to make that a guarantee. It's something that could work. It's something that might not work. I don't know. And uh, if it does work, then we'll be looking back on this and going, well, why didn't we question this? Uh, why why did we question this as much as we did? And maybe they implemented it into Raw. Maybe they implemented it into NXT. I don't know. If it doesn't work, though, it's going to go away real quick, I think. I'm very curious why this isn't an NXT thing, actually, more than a, a SmackDown thing. So I don't know if I would give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down yet. Uh, For now, I'm intrigued enough with the whole institution of this that I'm willing to give it a shot, but I don't think that it's going to work all that well in the end, and I wouldn't be shocked if by, say, I don't don't want to say by uh, WrestleMania because that's a little bit too too soon, but by SummerSlam, I don't think that this is necessarily going to be a thing, and uh, maybe it'll end up being for the better, I don't know. The mixed match challenge tonight was Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss defeating Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. And if you don't care about that, then you're most people because the views keep going down considerably when it comes to that. But if you do care about it, you will be interested to know that Alicia Fox has been replaced by Mandy Rose. She is going to be Goldust's new partner, and the two of them are going to face Jimmy Uso and Naomi next week. To determine who faces Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss, essentially who loses to Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss in round two. Uh, we only had Sonya Deville, Mickey James, and Mandy Rose to pick from, so between those three options, Goldust with Mandy Rose, I think, makes more sense than anything because she could use a little bit more practice, and maybe he can help her out a little bit. doesn't seem to be part of Two of Five Live anymore, that's for sure, and the whole concept of like pairing these people up. I don't think it really matters too much in the grand scheme of things. So we've got heels and baby faces together. We've got people that would never be partners and Mandy Rose and gold If they have a one week thing, who cares? You know, it's not going to do anything crazy for anybody. If they beat Jimmy Oso and Naomi, then they're going to win. lose the second round. And, we're going to forget about this really quick. So what the hell it's fine. Uh, It sucks that Alicia Fox missed out on that Royal rumble and it sucks that she's going to miss out on the mixed match challenge, but I don't think that she was going to be amounting to all that much in the grand scheme of things anyway. And Mandy Rose could use a little bit of a bump. Finally, last topic to talk about here. We know our two Oh five live general manager now, and it is rockstar spud. He is going by the name Drake Maverick. Which is kind of fucking awesome, (laughs) and doesn't seem to really fit him in my mind. Uh, Not to say that Rockstar Spud isn't awesome, but you know, I kind of picture like some kind of super action star type guy when it's Drake Maverick, and Rockstar Spud does not seem like he's that type to me. But I don't really know too much about Rockstar Spud outside of what I've heard, and uh, I have to admit, I don't know if I really like the idea of him being the general manager when it comes to his delivery goes. But I'm gonna give him a shot, of course, as long as that. Can pot- uh, potentially change, and I do like the idea of us having a two five live general manager. I think that that is a good idea in its own. And I I like and I dislike what they're doing right now with the cruiserweight championship. The game plan right now that they have announced is that they're going to do a sixteen man single elimination tournament, where the finals will culminate at WrestleMania, and that's where a new cruiserweight champion is going to be crowned. One thing. That I love about that is that that means WrestleMania is going to have an important match on the card as far as the Cruiserweight title goes. It's not just going to be, say, Noam Dar against, uh, I don't know, uh, Grand Metalik, and nobody cares, no title changes hands, you know, one of those kind of things. Or it's not going to be some kind of like eight-man tag team match thrown on the pre-show, that doesn't matter. I still think it will be on the pre-show, even though this is going to be the finals of a tournament, But the fact that it's the finals of a tournament means that going into WrestleMania, people are going to be paying more attention to it. And right now we know at least two of the people that are going to be moving on to round two. Those are Cedric Alexander and TJP. TJP beat Tyler Bate and Cedric Alexander beat Grand Metalik. I will be writing up an article about this and some different details here and there. But my general thoughts as far as 205 Live goes and this whole situation with Drake Maverick and the Cruiserweight title thing good. I like it. I like that they're doing something with this. And sadly, I also think that it's not going to matter. <laughs> I don't think that people are going to start paying attention to Five Live if they didn't pay attention to it already before. This isn't going to make all the difference, but maybe it does. It's better than nothing at the very least, right? So those are the hot tags for this week. But as I mentioned before, at the beginning of this video, I need to talk to you guys about some other things that are happening the next thing that you guys are going to be seeing from this channel is going to be the mailbag for January. And if you have not sent in your mailbag questions yet, you're running out of time because we're probably going to be recording it in about 13 hours from when I'm recording this right now, probably in the afternoon Wednesday. And if, you know, we end up getting any questions that are after that kind of cutoff point, I'll either factor them into the website post or I'll pass them over on to next month if it's something that, isn't like a time sensitive type of thing. If it ends up being like, what do you think of rockstar spud? Then I'm just, you know, you get, you just lost out on the question. Cause I already talked about it and stuff. But if it ends up being something like, I don't know, uh, we've already answered this question before, but if it's like, you know, what's your favorite movie, then we can answer that at any point. Um, after that is going to be a week where this week coming up, uh, I'm not, sure how I'm going to be working this out. And uh, I'm not going to be in town. Um, Not only is it my girlfriend's birthday this next week, but it's also Valentine's Day the week afterwards. So I'm taking a week long, a little bit more than a week long stretch from Monday until Wednesday, where I'm not going to be in my usual space. And that means that I need to do something ahead of time and that I'm not sure what's going to happen with the hot tags and stuff. This is what I've got planned. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off or not, but I want to fill you guys in in case it doesn't work and you you don't think I'm ignoring you. The game plan that I've got right now is that sometime this weekend, I'm going to sit down with whoever is able to join me and we're going to do a smart announce table for the first ever elimination chamber match, because that's in the current, you know, zeitgeist right now. So it'd be good to go back and check that out. And that's something that of course we can record ahead of time and it doesn't have to do anything with the news the news as far as the hot tags go, uh, I don't know about that. We do have the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday period of time where if any hot tags happen over those days, I will be able to take those into consideration and potentially do a hot tags on Sunday night. But I don't know if I want to necessarily do that. And if we don't get any hot tags that are important enough then it's going to be kind of hard to do it in a Hot Tags episode. So maybe there won't be a Hot Tags next week. Maybe not. I don't really know. It's still going to count as episode number 323 when it comes to all the other kind of stuff like that, I guess, if that's the case. But I'll try to get something in. Maybe it's a Hot tag that ends up lasting five minutes. You know, it might be that. Uh, the following week after that, with the whole Valentine's Day thing, I wanted to do something that was regarding that. But then I realized that we are going to be potentially having – all the members of the Elimination Chamber stuff figured out around that time frame. And every year, I love doing the Call of the Spot for that. So I'm thinking that that'll be a double edition of the Call of the Spot, which will probably be after I come back, probably be that Friday, the what was it the 16th or so is when I probably end up doing that. And I'll probably do the Hot Tags on Wednesday, the 14th or so. So there there's going to be this gap with the Hot Tags where this edition had quite a bit the next one is probably really not going to have almost any, but then the one after that is probably going to have a ton. So next week, the hot tags probably going to suck. <laughs> Just letting you know that ahead of time, unless we get some interesting stuff over the next two three days, and then it'll be fun regardless. But pay attention to that. It's not going to be a lack of me trying. I'm going to try to do my best. I'm writing up a thousand articles this freaking month, and I'm still going to try to be doing a whole bunch of different stuff like that. And I also want to try to figure out some way to incorporate something for Fanboys Anonymous because I haven't done anything with that in a little bit. So my plate's uh, pretty packed right now. And uh, if you want to be aware of whenever these things go up on the channels, make sure you hit those subscribe buttons and the bell that happens afterward when you ring that and you get notifications. That is when you will be aware of when things get posted onto the website. Uh, The Twitter and the... Facebook accounts for Smart Out Moment are both at Smart Out Moment, so follow us there as well. Go to smarkoutmoment.com and check out everything that's happening there because it's the same old kind of stuff and maybe some more. I don't know. Uh, just pay attention to that. I'm also trying to work on the Smart Madness tournament. It seems like what the vote ended up going was the best gimmick match stipulations of all time, so I'm sorting out the template for the tournament for that. And I also kind of need to start paying attention to what we are going to do for the Smart Cat Moment Hall of Fame this year, which may or may not be a podcast, it might just be something on the Mega Maniacs, I don't know, lots of stuff happening here. Way too much to control, but if we can take care of all of it, then it's going to be great, and if we can't, then I don't know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but thank you for your support, everybody, for everybody that has supported us in every kind of possible way that you can. And stay tuned for whatever we've got coming your way. This has been another Smart out Moment, and I'm being counted out.